Hey, Pastor Brian here. I want to thank you for tuning in to Rockhouse Baptist Church Podcast. I hope this message inspired you. I hope it encourages you to fulfill God's purpose for your life. Now, for today's message. All right, good morning. Hey, welcome to Rockhouse Baptist Church. Shall I say, let's knock the name off the building. Welcome to the Lord's house. Amen. Amen. That's right. Today, you're going to find out that it's not about rituals. It's not a ceremonial thing. It's not about tradition. It's not about religion. We're going to dive into it a little more. It's about Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Last week, if you wasn't here, we started a six-week sermon series titled 40 Days of Prayer. If the Lord don't pull it off my heart, it may be a 2021 prayer sermon, series of prayer all year long. Amen. 52 weeks, right? Yep. Okay, thank you. Don't nobody correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Last week, we set a goal of putting about 10 or 15 minutes of, not our time, but God's time, because we're on God's time. Amen. I hope you spent a little longer this week with God. I hope you uh, made it a point and reminded yourself, you know what, instead of doing this, I probably need to spend a little more time in the Word of God, talking to God. We're going to talk a little bit today about how you're in His presence when you call on His name. You don't have to have a Bible in front of you with Scripture, reading and praying. You know what, when you call on the name of the Lord, He hears you, He listens. The Bible doesn't say whoever (laughs) reads the Bible from cover to cover will be saved. It says whoever calls on the name of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Now, he does want you to meditate on this, Joshua 1.8. Think about it day and night. Don't hear me preach anything else other than the Word of God. But I want you to know he saves and he's still in the business of it. Amen? Amen. Don't let anything else fool you because the truth is that God sent His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall have everlasting life, amen, and shall not perish. Amen. All right, so this uh, this morning we're going to talk about, I'm sorry, a beginner's guide to prayer. Now, I thought, you know, as pastor, I would have all that figured out. (laughs) The more I study, the more I realize I, I don't know nothing, okay? But I got to lean on the Holy Spirit. Brother Wade says, you know, we have a teacher. We have a counselor. The Holy Spirit. It's a He. Thank you, Miss Kim. We talked about that this week some. But I hope you've took time to uh, spend with Him. I want you to realize that you're created in His image. Why is that? Why am I created in the image of God? Simply this. So that you could have a relationship with Him. Amen? He wants you to have a relationship with Him. You are a child of God. If you have called on the name of the Lord. He's designed in our DNA that we would speak with Him, that we would walk with Him, that we would talk with Him, that we'd drive to work with Him, that we'd walk out the door with Him, that we would go to bed with Him on our minds, that we would pray, we would cry, we would laugh, whatever. God has designed you to be in a relationship with Him during that very moment. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11 Here is a truth I want you to hold on to this morning. The Bible says he also put eternity in their hearts. Not only did he come and walk on the earth so that you could have the presence of the Lord, but he put eternity in your heart. What does that mean? Simply this, 
There's more to life than the world that we know. Amen? A Christian would know that, and we are to tell others about that. We're wired, wired, I'm wired all the time, but we're wired for eternity. God wants us to live with Him forever. So let's make an attempt to be in full communication with God. What if I told you you was going to spend eternity with this person? Wouldn't you want to get to know them? Wouldn't you want to talk to them, try to build a relationship? I don't know about you, but I do. I want God to be my closest friend. I want Him to draw me near as I call upon His name. Now, many of us don't quite understand how to get closer to God. That's okay. This morning we're going to talk about it. Okay? Just because I'm the pastor, I found out this week, doesn't mean my walk with Christ in my prayer life can it can improve. I don't want to say it backwards. It can improve. Nobody in here has a PhD in prayer. I don't think. You ain't turning a certificate to me just yet. A PhD in prayer. But here's the thing. It's okay to not know everything. The Apostle Paul, many of you know about him. He wrote over half the New Testament. He says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit also joins to help in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit Himself, hear that, intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. How powerful is that? You ever hit your knees or been driving down the road and you don't really know what to say to God, but you know you need Him? Amen. And then the Spirit intercedes. You come up with something to say. It's not you that came up with, I need to pray for Brother Paul Sizemore this morning. It's not you that came up, I know Brother John Couch is having a rough time. The Spirit has interceded for you to pray for them. God wants you to call their name out to Him. Amen? Amen. He wants you to talk to Him about other people, about His children, about the lost. Here's what I want to tell you this morning. Jesus handpicked a few guys, didn't he? He handpicked them right off the street, right off the boat, whatever you want to say. Tax collectors, you name it. He handpicked them. These same guys watched Jesus perform all these miracles, right? I mean, he healed, he, he raised the dead, he turned water into wine, he made the blind to see, he cast out demons, he walked on water. I try to remember all this off the top of my head, but my Savior's done so much, I had to look at my screen. I apologize. He is amazing, amen? He's done all these amazing supernatural things, <laughs> but never once did any of the disciples look over and say, Lord, teach me how to do a miracle. In chapter 11 of Luke, verse 1, here's what they asked. He was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray, just as John taught his disciples also. Hmm. What's that say about you and me? How many are you the type of person to take matters into your own hands? Yeah, yeah, if we're truthful, that's all of us, right? Abby, don't say nothing. She played volleyball for me. I had to repent quite a bit. Oh, Lord, help me. But here's what this says about you and me. <laughs> if the followers of Jesus Christ, the ones who walked on earth with him, the ones who've done everything pretty much in Jesus' ministry those three years, 
didn't want to know all these other things, but they wanted to know how to pray. Isn't that important for you and I to know? To call out to God? Here's what they knew that sometimes I miss, sometimes that I think we miss. They knew that the power that Jesus carried wasn't in the miracles, wasn't in His healing, but the power was in His prayers. Because everything that He done, they realized that the blessings come from God the Father. Now how do I have that connection? I talk to Him. I communicate with Him. I pray to Him. Just like husband and wife. Daughter and, 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 and dad, daughter and, and mom. It doesn't matter. You name the relationship. It's all about communication. It's about communication. Don't let it be about anything else. We're going to talk about that a little bit in just a moment. But here are some mis... Lord, bless me. Here are some misconceptions about prayer that we have because of religion and tradition. Hear me out this morning, please. Lord, be with me. Misconceptions of prayer. Prayer is not a magic wand. Prayer is not a magic wand. God is not a genie in your bottle that you'll just rub this bottle and out he'll come like Aladdin, the movie. Amen? If you're a prayer, you know what I'm saying here. If you're new to prayer, you're going to find this out. Okay? We have it backwards. We are God's servants. He's not ours. He's God. I'm Brian. I need God. I'll be honest with you. He really probably don't need me. <laughs> but I need Him. Okay? Amen? That's everybody in here. Don't get that messed up. But that's the truth. So when we think about a ritual in a prayer that we may say, and God might automatically just take it away or magically make something appear... He says, abide in me. You know what that means in the Greek? To continue in. To continue in me. <laughs> to believe in me, not just once, but 24-7. All the time. Believe in me. Abide in me. And your prayers will be answered. We said last week, let it be done according to your will. Okay, But Jesus also says, let it be done according to your faith. That's why you take notes. Where's your pens and paper? But he does say, let it, Jesus said, let it be done according to your will, Father. Yes. But he also said, let it be done according to your faith. Are you praying a prayer that have full faith and assurance that God is going to do this in his time? Or are you praying that he's going to do it in your time? Or are you praying with doubt that he's not, and maybe hopefully he does, I don't know, maybe or he'll show up. If he shows up, I'll believe it. That's not it, folks. That's not it. Second misconception. Prayer is not a fire extinguisher. How many has been there? When an emergency rolls up on your doorstep. Oh, Lord. Abide in me. Abide in me. He doesn't put a sign around the fire extinguisher. Y'all have read them that says, break in case of an emergency. That's not God in that box. That's not the way we should approach God. God wants to hear you. He wants to talk to you. I hate it when, sorry for that word. No, I'm going to say, I hate it when we say all we can do is pray. 
That's what you should do. Prayer is not your last resort. It's your first choice. That's what it's got to be. Prayer is not meant to be the last thing that hits our mind. It's meant to be the first thing. This week at work, we had a debacle. John, John was there. We had buses running this way. Not, I don't know, you know. It was, it was a mess, and it was just tough sometimes. You know, it was tough. Well, I snuck away right after it fell apart, and uh, after we fixed it, I didn't sneak away during the, the emergency. <laughs> I snuck away after we all got all the kids in the building and stuff, and I come back, and my boss said, where'd you go? I said, I had to go pray. <laughs> I had to go pray. Because I, had, I, I didn't really have anything positive to say. I had to go pray. Sometimes it's life. Before we say something negative, we need to look at the lens of God and say, is this what you really want me to say to him? It's what I'd like to say. But is this what you really want me to say? My fire extinguisher can't put out this fire. Me is like gas to the fire when I say something. I went and prayed and come back and you wouldn't believe it. All the buses showed up. All the kids got to learn. We was having the best time ever was. Eating lunch, eating snacks, you know. Hmm. But I had an opportunity to say something negative. It wasn't just me, it was others. But we stayed in prayer. Third misconception this morning is prayer is not a tug of war. I've been here. A lot of people think that you have to badger God to death to get Him to answer you. Lord, I'll cut you a deal. If you'll just see me through this, I'll be over here and I promise you I won't mess that up again. <laughs> All the time he's looking at you saying, you kidding me? I know you better than you know yourself. Don't you ever come to me like that. You come to me with full faith and confidence in me and not you. I didn't split the sea so you could walk right through it to forget when the sea closed behind me and sucked up, sucked up my enemies that you would complain, that you would try to figure it out all on your own. Amen? I say oftentimes we're like the Israelites. Lord bless me today, but tomorrow I'm going to complain about something. Starve death. It rained bread. My goodness. Threw wood in the water and it turned to something drinkable. <laughs> Come on, folks. Come on. Whew. Lord wants to hear you. I said lastly, He puts no limits on how close you can be with Him. You can have as much of God as you want. So you've got to ask yourself, how much do I want of my Lord and Savior? Amen? Here's what he says, okay? Luke chapter 18, verse 7 through 8. Before we get into this, we all know that Jesus taught in parables, which is stories that kind of relates to the real world, you know? It is actually probably the real world. Jesus knew a little more about it than we did, obviously. But there was one story about a widow who persistently aggravated, some scripture says badgered, a judge, until he gave her what he wanted. And the judge would say, you know what? Give her what she wants because she's worried me out. Here's what God says in Luke chapter 18, verses 7 through 8. Will God not grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay to help them? That's a question mark. Verse 8 gives you your answer. I tell you, he will swiftly... Hear that? Swiftly grant them justice. He will swiftly come to you if you truly seek Him. Fourth and uh, final 
misconception before we get into our main points of this morning is uh, prayer is not a ritual to relieve guilt. It is not a ritual to get something off your back to then go and do it again. Hmm. I'm not talking about a repent prayer of repentance. I'm talking about a prayer, Lord, forgive me. In the back of my mind, I know I'm going to do that again. You ever been there? I know. I know I'm going to do that again. It's not what I'm talking about. Don't pray to relieve guilt. Pray to be cleansed, to be clean, to be washed. Lord, I, I'm a failure. <laughs> and God, I need you, though, you know? I really need you. I know you hear me. Too many people look at prayer as a punishment. <laughs> and what I mean is, I got to get up get up and go pray, right? Got to go do this. Get off the couch and you pray right there on the couch. You pray anywhere you want. Prayer should be a privilege. You say this again prayer is a privilege. It was given to you because God showed his love for you on the cross at Calvary. Don't think it's a punishment. The punishment, Isaiah said, was on him. For us to speak to the God of the universe, the creator, freely. Freely. We get to talk to God. How awesome is that? I mean, if there was a movie star walked in here, if there was a basketball player walked in here, if there was somebody important walked in here, we'd all go, Woo! Steph Curry. Woo! Somebody else. You get to talk to God. I'm passionate about that. I don't know about you. But you get to talk to God. What more do you want? What more do you want? Sheesh. My first point this morning, I'm going to skip a little bit of this. And I might come back to it. The first point this morning is that God loves for you, for me to talk to him. God loves for you to talk to him. God wants you to talk to him about anything and everything. There's nothing off limits with him. He knows. The Bible tells us that he knows what we need before we ever ask of him. Why does God want you to talk to him? I don't know. Let me ask you parents. Why do you want your kids to talk, talk to you? Why do you want your wife to talk to you? Why do you want your dad? You want to rekindle that relationship with your mother? Why is that? One word, L-O-V-E, because you love them, because they love you. That's why God loves you. You wouldn't exist without him. God made us to communicate with him. If you think of your closest relationships, what's the most important thing in that relationship? And that's communication. If you don't talk, it's going to be a bad thing. If you don't think about the other person, it's going to end bad. God wants you to talk to him about what interests you. I know some people say, well, we shouldn't pray for all this and that, and, you know, uh, that I would uh, be rich. Well, you know, you're probably right. I'll say that. But God wants you to talk to him about what interests you. You ever find yourself praying and um, you're wandering off somewhere? You know, I'm running a marathon. God's trying to talk to me in my mind, you know. I'm riding a bike up a mountain. God's trying to talk to you. Know, I'm not physically riding a bike, but I'm on my knees trying to talk to God, and I'm somewhere else mentally. <laughs> I wonder why we lose track of what we're doing in prayer when we're praying to God. You know why? You're probably praying to God about something that don't interest 
you or him. God puts something on your heart, you better pray that and pray that. Don't try to change the subject on him. He's going to pull you right back. You're just going to pray again, which is what he wants you to do. But you're just going to have to ask him, Lord, I'm sorry. Sorry I made it about something else. Sorry, Lord, that I would waste your time and my time. Charles Spurgeon said, wouldn't it be wonderful if we didn't waste a minute of somebody else's time and of, my, of, of his time, my time? And then he said, what's crazy about all that, Spurgeon says, this is a paraphrase, is that when you waste your time and Paul's time or Mike's time, you're really wasting whose time? God's time. Don't waste his time. He wants you to seek him. Everything we do should be spirit-led. You go to buy a car, you better pray. Mike, Mike says, yeah. You go, <laughs> you go to come to Sunday school, don't just show up and like, yeah, I'm here. What's the lesson about? You better have prayed over Paul Sizemore over that lesson that God's going to speak through him. Amen? When these singers get up on stage, you better have prayed for them that they would sing out something that wouldn't return void. It hits me in the front row pretty hard. If it ain't hitting you in the back or middle, move on up. We got room. Promise. I'm in tears just about every time. I try not to cry, and the Lord makes you cry even harder. Amen? We all do that, though. But here's what Psalms 103, verse 13 says. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. What God's saying is spend time with me. Let me be in reverence of you. Let me be in awe. I want you to love me more than anything. And when you do that, the love for everybody else will be more than what you could ever try Brad and I talk about it. I can't get into too much detail. We loved our wives and our children before we were saved, but we really loved them after we were saved. Amen? Because when the love of God gets in here, it's different. Oh, Lord, it's different, I tell you. It's a whole lot different what you can conjure up in your own mind. Amen? It's a lot different. I've got two little girls who I love deeply. Whatever interests them, interests me. I'm just here to tell you. If you catch me singing, let it go, or a nursery rhyme, it's because I love them. I love them dearly. And whatever makes them happy, I'm going to try to do if it's good for them. That's the way God treats you. Whatever's good for you. Maybe not whatever makes you happy, but whatever's good for you. Hear me this morning. God's the same way. He loves you. He longs for you to talk to Him. Hear me this morning. If you go home with anything, God wants you to talk to Him. That's what it's all about this morning. Amen? 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 through 15 says this. Now this is the confidence we have before Him. Whenever we ask anything according to His will, good job, students, He hears us. And if we know that He hears Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked Him for. God has given you everything you need is what this verse is saying. He's wanting you to pray to Him about what's next to come. Please hear this. We can pray with no shame, no embarrassment. Don't come to God thinking in your mind, Lord, should I really ask you about that? You know what you should probably do? Ask Him about that. If that's on your heart. Lord, do I really need to go do that? Is that really going to further your kingdom? If that's what's on your mind, He's put it there. 
The Holy Spirit is interceding. One little nugget that I found this week is that, as I was studying that, our prayer should be conversational. It's not a ceremony. There's no perfect words and no real perfect prayer. We know the Lord taught us how to pray. But a perfect prayer is a sincere prayer. Amen? I come to God with my whole heart, holding nothing back. Remember this. Prayer is a conversation. What does that mean? It's a two-way street. If you're in a conversation, you're doing all the talking, is it a conversation? No. It's a speech. God doesn't need you to give Him a speech. He wants to have a conversation with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to ask you what's really on your heart. God... Sometimes I just have to slow down and say, God, I'm sorry. It's me. I failed you. I want to be better, but I know I can't do it on my own. God, I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband, but I've tried. I've tried to be a better pastor. <laughs> but Lord, I know it's when I submit to you that that's when it becomes better. Is there something you want me to say? God, is there somebody you want me to pray about? Is there somebody going through something I don't know about, but you, if you just put their name on my mind and on my heart, that I can pray for them? God, I'm here to listen. God, I want to be in a relationship with you. Amen? That's our next kind of point this morning. Prayer is about a relationship, not a ritual. And this is where I'll probably need to lift it up. Prayer is about getting close to God. Prayer is about letting Him get acquainted with you. Get acquainted with you. Get acquainted with who you are. God knows. It's just like a history lesson. I can know everything about a certain general in the war. I can know everything about a certain basketball player. But do I really know it? Do I really know her? You've got to spend time with them to know them. You've got to be in a relationship to know them. Just know this. There's no limits. God wants you to know who He is. He knows who you are, but He wants a relationship with you. Our second point this morning. God listens to prayers that are sincere and simple. <laughs> I heard a guy say this week... Uh, you know, I, I don't know, but I had to think about it. He said, if you pray longer, does that always mean stronger? And then he quoted Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8, when he talked about, you know, the hypocrites, how they stand in the synagogues and on the street corners, and how God said, surely, Jesus said, surely they have their reward. He says, but when you pray, go into your private room and shut your door and Pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't babble like the idolaters, since they imagine that they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask them. God wants you to be sincere. He wants you to come with your whole heart. Don't think that a prayer over your meal is something to speed through to get the food in your belly. Don't think... <laughs> Don't take it for granted. 
I don't want to go down that rabbit trail. Don't take it for granted. God, when you're speaking with Him, He's designed you to do that. God's always listening. Amen? I said earlier, when He calls at your name, you better answer. And when you call on Him, you better know He's listening. How many people have ever been in a situation that says, God, I don't know why. He's listening. God, I don't understand. He's listening. God, I need you. He's listening. God, I'm in this financial trouble. I'm in this marital trouble. I've got teenage girls. Lord, pray for me soon to come. Lord, I need your help. I don't completely understand what's going on in my life. But I know who is in charge. I know who is in charge of my sick baby. Who is in charge of my sick family. I realize, God, that you are in charge. And I want my relationship to be so close to you that I can just feel your presence, even in the lowest of low. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22 says this. <laughs> Let's approach God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Come to God with a sincere heart and come to Him with confidence, knowing that what you ask, it will be done in His will, in His time. I'm not going to pray for a car to magically appear in this parking lot for me to drive home. Do you think that's God's will for my life? No. So there's not going to be a car in this parking lot because I know God has something else for me. I can't tell you how close God and I have gotten since COVID began. While everybody else was having certain troubles, I was having them too, but I was seeking God. You talking about a land of not knowing what's coming next? This old boy was there. I went from PE and associate pastor, the best two gigs on the earth. Ha <laughs> ha. Amen. To principal and pastor, P and P, with not a clue how to do neither. But I know somebody who can show me. I know somebody who can intercede for me. Amen. I know somebody who loves me enough to never leave me or forsake me when I'm having a conversation I have no clue the answers to. Amen. When I'm trying to counsel somebody and I don't know what to say, the Spirit will intercede. You know what? Just tell somebody you love them, that you're here for them. That makes a world of difference. When somebody drops something off at your house, out of the blue, you know where I'm from, I grew up, there used to be people all the time coming to my house. Now ain't nobody comes, but of course probably COVID. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, when you answer God's call, you'll surprise some folks. You mean they really care that much about me? That they would drive all the way over here? that they would send me a card, that they would make me a card, they would think about me in that way. God hears you. He hears me. He hears every praying saint. Third point this morning is God likes to show, let me rephrase that, God loves to show you His grace and mercy. He loves to answer your prayers. Think of it as a parent. Here we go again. When they unwrap that gift at Christmas, oh, I had a good one this year. And they found chapstick in there, my girls. It was over. I knew they was, first of all, their daddy's kids. 
I mean, we bought all this stuff, Brother Gary, in a tube of chapstick. It's the only thing we played with. Right, Stacy? Stacy, down. I'm telling you the truth. Sometimes it's the little things. Sometimes God wants to do something for you, but you better be asking Him for that. When you had a birthday growing up, and your mom and dad says, What do you want, Molly? What do you want, Stacy? You say, I don't know. Just guess at it. We'll, we'll have a, we'll, we'll just, would it surprise me? That never works out. That never works out. You say, You know what? I'd like this. Talk to God. Say, God, if it's your will. Lord, I know if I'm praying in the Spirit right here, you're telling me this is what's going to happen. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. In the Bible, it says over 20 times that we're commanded to ask. Over 20 times, ask, it shall be given. God wants us to see Him as the angels see Him. God wants us to see Him as those who's crossed the river to see Him. In this marvelous life where all we can do is dance around a campfire and sing what? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Amen? Amen. I love it. I can't help but to just, sheesh, love Jesus, man. I'm so sorry. But you're going to get a guy who loves him. That's what you're going to get. If you look for anything else... This place is for you then. Because we're going to show you the love of Christ. Right here. No matter what. Here's a tough thing that I have to count. This is probably where most of my counsel comes from. I've prayed and prayed and God's not provided and provided or said yes. There's a couple different ways I believe God answers prayers. Yes. No. Not now. And I almost sometimes want to think, are you kidding me? What you're really asking me for, is that going to make you better? I got to thinking about <laughs> my kids, you know, and, and they all the time want something now. I don't know if it's whether girls or their kids. I'm probably both, right? Um, but they all the time want something. If I just give them everything they want, example, scissors, daddy, scissors. Scissors. Good gift or bad gift for a two-year-old? If I'm spiritually mature as a two-year-old, God's not going to give me a pair of scissors. God's got a plan for you. You can't see it. You don't know it. But the Spirit will intercede. And He'll put something on your heart in a season that says, they need you to do this. They need you to pray for them. I looked up here, and we was missing one member of the band, but I was thinking, man, the band's back together. How awesome is that? We talk about it all the time. Who was worried about the music? If you don't say you wouldn't, you're lying. We were all worried. But you know what? I was praying. Charlotte Collett was praying. Rosetta Sizemore was praying. Amen? That was people praying that kept us alive. <laughs> Right in this church. These people in this church aren't members, but they coming to know who? Jesus Christ. They ain't coming for no other reason. And I thank them so much for God. Too many times, though, and I'm going to 
give you a real world illustration that when we pray, we, we kind of treat God as a vending machine. When I heard a guy say that this week, I, I hit pause. I said, what now? What you? you put a little quarter in. You know, that quarter don't cost you a lot. You put a little dime in. Get up to 50 cents. Most times you're scrambling to get that 50 cents. <laughs> and you put it in there and you push a button and you, you, know, you get what you want, right? There ain't nothing good in that vending machine. I can tell you right now. If your prayer life is, here God, here's a little, and I want this, I'm not so sure you're going to be satisfied with your prayer life. God wants your heart. He wants everything that you got. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3 says this, Call to me and I will answer you, and I will, give, I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. God's got a prayer to answer for somebody in here that you have no clue about. Folks, give your heart to God. There's many reasons He says no. There's many reasons He says wait. There's many reasons <laughs> I'm standing where I'm standing. There's many reasons you're sitting where you're sitting. Working the job you're working. Working from home. There's many reasons God wants you to slow down and give Him some of your heart. Give him some of your heart. James chapter 4, verse 2 says, <laughs> I love it. This is, I mean, this is straight up the truth. You do not have because you do not ask. What is it that you want changed in your heart that you're not praying about? When we went from pastor to pastor and it was a tough time for us all. <laughs> My prayer wasn't necessarily, God, I want this. My prayer was, God, what do you want for me? What do you want that stage to look like? What do you want this church to look like? Are we going to be a, a, a body of Christ that stays in the building and never shares the gospel in the community? Are we going to slow down because... There's this virus that's out there, and, and who knows? Nobody really knows. I mean, the smartest people in the world evidently don't know. Are we going to go on because your word tells me to go on? Are we going to have faith because you tell me you'll never leave me or forsake me? Amen? That's the promise you got. That is never going to fail. That is never going to fail. Our fourth and final point this morning, and if you'll get this, you'll have a radical change in your life. I know we're going over. I'm trying to make you spiritually endurance and mature here. Right? Maybe longer is stronger. I don't know. Point four this morning. God longs to be close to you. He deeply, 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 let me say this even further, deeper than the sea wants to be close to you. I couldn't help but to think of like a soldier who goes overseas. Be, please be praying for them. Or a missionary who goes overseas. Not knowing, their family not knowing that they're going to come back and, and Lord protect them kind of thing. But have you ever seen like uh, uh, the little kids at a ball game or in the gym or, or playing a tendo on their couch and here comes dad or mom through the back door, you know? And uh, mom or dad opposite or whatever is filming. And they're like, why are you filming me? 
And then they kind of give the eyeballs like, look behind you. And they turn around. <laughs> and there's that loved one that they've been longing to talk to, that they've wanted to see, that they've called, wrote letters, wondering if they was going to come back. Folks, that's God. He's wondering if you're going to come back and talk to Him. Let me ask you a question. Some people say, I feel far from God. I just don't feel that close to Him. Let me ask you this. Who moved? Was it God? Or was it us? Did our prerogative, what we want, take us away from God? I'd venture to say that my God's still there waiting. He's still there right now hearing what I say, knowing what's on your hearts. We're about to open the altar up in prayer in just a minute. He's laying something on your heart to pray for, somebody to pray for. He's telling some of you, come running. <laughs> come running, I'm waiting on you. You've been gone way too long. If you don't believe me, look at the cross. God's love is written all over it. His love is all over that piece of wood. Amen? Amen. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 18 says this, Therefore the Lord longs to be gracious to you, and therefore He waits on high to have compassion for you or on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. How blessed are all those who long for Him. My God, waiting on high in heaven, waiting for you to come running to you, not that He can punish you, but the Bible says that He'd have compassion on you. Amen? There's nowhere too far you can run that God won't spin you back around and meet you right there. Is that right, Kyle? I know a man who said, God, leave me alone. And he's sitting right here. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. There was a time I didn't seek him. What was I doing? What was I doing? He was right there the whole time. I keep going back. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Someday, we're all going to leave this place. Amen? And I want to go to a God who says, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I was right here in the beginning, and I'll be right here at the end. Amen? That's who I serve. Apostle Paul tells me in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, For I am persuaded that not even death... Or life, angels or rulers, things present or things to come, hostile powers, height or depth or any other created thing will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. My God says you're not a slave no more in John 15, 15, but I call you my friend. I am no longer a slave to fear. I don't have to do this because it's a ritual. It's not about religion. It's not about rules. It's not about what the world tells me. It's not about tradition. It's not about this because my granny done it. It's about Jesus Christ. Amen? 
That's what it's about. God wants to have a relationship with you. A close one. Not one you text every other day. Not one you call and leave a voicemail. God is online all the time. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, Draw near to God and He will what? Draw near to you. Can you meet me halfway? I've already carried the cross to Calvary. I've already done this. God wants nothing more in your life and for your life than have a harmonious relationship with you. To be in the same harmony and tune as you. When I pray, I pray that it's God speaking through me. When I preach, I pray, I pray that what I preach is God's Word speaking through me. So I want to close with this. You organize your life. You value what you love. Would you agree? Which means that's where your time goes. How much time do we give the Lord this past week? How much time are we willing to give Him to show Him we love Him? Do you love God enough to spend time with Him? He loved you enough to die on the cross for you. Can we spend more time with Him? You want to see a change? You want to feel that Spirit in your life? Spend time with Him. There's nothing Pastor Brian's going to say to you that's going to change you. There's nothing Mac's going to do that's going to change you. We're going to show you love. We're going to show you Jesus Christ, hopefully. We're going to fail doing it, but we're going to try doing it. But the Holy Spirit, you have to call out to Him. Let Him answer your prayers. Let Him show you that Jesus Christ is Lord of Lords and name above every name. Amen? This altar is open. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I love you and I thank you. Let me say it again, God. Is there something you need me to do? Is there something that you need me to pray about? God, I'm here with an open heart. Lord, I thank you for the two new followers of Christ this morning. God, implant on their heart what you have for them. But Father, there's people here that I know you long to talk to. God, that you give your life so that they would open their heart and spend time with you. Lord, there's nothing more. I have Jesus. I have you, Father. I want to talk to you like you're sitting right here with me. I have you. I am so thankful for you, God. Lord, I ask that you continue, Lord, to bless our church and bless our families. Lord, I, more than that, I ask that we're obedient to your word. Intercede for us, God. Tell us and talk to us what you would want us to hear, what you would want us to do for you. Father, I love you. I love everybody here. But I know that I can love because you first loved us. Thank you, God, for loving me enough to send your only begotten Son. That because I believed in him and what he done on the cross and that his blood is enough to cover my sin. 
that I would spend eternity with you, God. I pray that eternity awaits somebody who's lost this morning. It's in Jesus' most precious name that we pray. Amen. Again, thank you for tuning in. You can also find us on Facebook.com by searching Rockhouse Baptist Church. Or you can go to our website, rockhousebaptist.org. Thank you for listening.